This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Several years ago, I picked up a little book of Proverbs from the Old West. The title was Savvy Sayings. One of the gems it contains is, Never approach a bull from the front, a horse from the rear, or a fool from any direction. Well, you should have not approached that bull in the driftless <laughs> from the front, my friend. Oh, that's right. Why? Well, you remember that? I was I just, I, I wasn't paying any attention. I just thought that there were a bunch of cattle. I didn't realize there was a bull in the bunch. Well, that was good advice, and that's why I'm a big fan of Proverbs, even if I don't always follow them. Or some refer to these as aphorisms. Now, these are little sayings that pack a lot of wisdom into a single sentence. A few years ago, I picked up a book of Haitian proverbs in a bookstore in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Uh, wow, what a place. I uh, like the, the Beach Boys song, Kokomo. You remember that? It has yeah. this line, Port-au-Prince, I want to catch a glimpse. And honestly, that, that's about all you want to catch. A uh, very, very uh, tough yeah, place. so much poverty. Oh, it really line. is. It's devastating. But I love this little book of Haitian Proverbs. One of my favorites is, pretty teeth are not the heart. Oh, boy, we needed to remember that when we were in our late <laughs> teens and early 20s. But I digress. You remember what I used to say? <clears throat> no, what? There's no demand for nice girls. Yeah, I know it. That's right. That's another <laughs> aphorism. But we're not going to That's go horrible. there. In fact, I'm, I'm going to transition to the Bible. You know, my favorite collection of Proverbs is in the book of Proverbs in the Bible. Oh, my. And one of its well-known aphorisms is, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So huh. true, isn't it? Wow. Here's another blunt but true proverb from the Bible. If you find honey, eat just enough. Too much of it and you will vomit. We could actually use that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> After yeah. fly fishing, going out yeah, to the oasis. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, it's not honey. Too much steak, too many scallops. Uh, well, so far, we haven't found a book of fly fishing proverbs, but we've discovered some great one-liners as we've read fly fishing books and listened to wise fly fishers. Here are 10 of our favorites. And these sayings drip with wisdom. They challenge us. They stop us in our tracks. Uh, they make us think. And yes, they remind us sometimes of what fools we've been. Boy, no kidding. So you might find them useful. Uh, they'll definitely make you more thoughtful about our beloved sport. So here we go. The first is you don't learn fly fishing as much as you survive it. And that's from a fly fisher, Tom Davis. Yeah, fly fisher out of Livingston, Montana. Man, so that's... how have you survived it? What would be a good example of that? <laughs> oh, I, I think the early years, a lot of times yeah, I was, I was, I was ready to quit. You know, it's like, man, I, I do a lot better with this with this MEP spinner and this spinning rod. And I, I and I think too over you know, over the years, even when I got better at it, there were times where boy, it would just be so frustrating. It's like I'm never gonna do this again. You what yeah. reminds me of that image I have in my mind of standing right alongside the road by Big Spring Creek. Was it oh, Spring yeah. Creek? Yep. And right. there's this nice run. Yep. Right Lewistown, under the bank. Lewistown, yep. Montana. Lewistown, Montana. Yep. Mm -hmm. And not catching fish, not realizing, well, number one, I scared them when I walked up mm -hmm. right to the run. Yep. Second mm -hmm. of all, I was right near the bridge where everybody else was fishing MEP yep. spinners and worms mm -hmm. and and 
this how I even survived at just to continue to fly fishing at having so little luck early on. Oh, I know it. And then there's all the tangles. You know, you have those days oh. where the wind's blowing and, and you're nymphing, and so you've got two flies on, and it, it's you know every cast it seems like you're you're getting a tangle, and so. Yeah, Tom Davis had it right. You don't learn fly fishing as much as you survive Boy, it. that is dead on. Here's another one from Bud Lilly. He said, there are lots of ways to catch a trout. Maybe that's why there are so many experts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he owned a fly shop in West Yellowstone, and he writes in, in one of his books, he said that uh, a lot of days he would hear, this fly is the only thing they were hitting on, and he'd hear about... Uh, you know, eight, 12 different fly fishermen say that there were eight or 12, you know, only things they were hitting on in a particular day. And it's a good reminder. I mean, sometimes people swear by a particular fly, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, there's probably more than one way you can catch those trout. Well, you and I have always said that the sport of fly fishing has kind of, uh, if, if it has one sin, it's, this bent towards arrogance yeah mm -hmm. and you know there, i always had this phrase or a friend of mine had this phrase always confident sometimes right and that's a lot of fly fishers especially fly tires you know on instagram you'll see all these data feeds of mm -hmm. these new flies and just you know talking about that this is the killer fly yeah and, mm -hmm. you know at the end of the day there are a lot of ways to catch trout. Yeah, there are a lot of killer flies. Yeah. There really are. You remember that conversation in, in a fly shop in Bozeman uh, last fall when we were fishing, and, and our friend was uh, we were just talking about colors of woolly buggers. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, the, the store manager actually had come up to me and said, hey, there, these white uh, woolly buggers are really fishing well. And right at that same time, about really, well, two seconds later, Dave pulls up, and he says, you know, well, actually – Olive has been fishing well, and and then they kind of paused and they kind of giggled almost and said, "Well, it doesn't matter." Yeah, <laughs> and I thought yeah. that was just great humility. Yeah, it was. It really was. Because it's kind of how it was, and that's exactly the way it was. Yeah. So if you're if you hear somebody say, "Man, this is the only thing they're hitting on," well, I mean, it's not that you ignore that, but but look at the fly, look at the pattern. I mean, you'll have something that will that will work that will match that. Well, even your son out on the blue recently, I, I looked when he sent me those pics, he had caught some on actually a dry that day. Yeah, so yeah, he caught that's them on right. dries, he mm -hmm. caught them on streamers, and he caught them on, I think, the San Juan. A San Juan worm, yeah. yeah. Yep. So mm -hmm. a lot of ways to catch fish. Yeah, there really are. Okay, Dave, here's a third. This is from Miguel de Cervantes about 400 years ago. Oh, my. Where'd you dig that one up? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. It was in a fly fishing book. I, I should have marked it, but... Uh, there's no taking trout with dry breeches. Now, that's kind of interesting. So he maybe, was fishing in the driftless. Yeah. Oh, man, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is the day before uh, waders, huh? Well, for sure. And maybe the corollary to that is there's no taking trout in spring creeks without muddy elbows and exactly. muddy knees. I mean, this idea of um, stalking fish, I guess that's the first thing I think yeah. of, dry mm -hmm. breeches, right? I mean, the, the, it's such a myth. You can stand on the... You know, like I was telling you earlier, sitting when I first started fly fishing, you know, standing along the creek, walking directly up to the run and casting in and trying to catch trout and being yep. confused while I why I wasn't. So, um, absolutely, there's no taking trout with dry breeches. Yeah, you got to get wet, you got to get dirty. I mean, whatever it takes. Uh, the funny the side of that is there's no fly fishing without getting water 
above your waders yeah. and into your <laughs> that's right <laughs> into your torso oh, right man. i can't tell you how many times i oh. go i'm gonna take another step oh i know and it's and for some reason it drips in it's not like a torrent of water and i'm like yeah taken downstream i would never do it in real oh. uh, swift water yeah so often i'm like how did i get wet i <laughs> no. don't know, understand how i, I got wet it's crazy isn't it oh, <laughs> okay man. number four is rivers and their inhabitants are made for the wise to contemplate and for fools to pass by without consideration wow a guy I, by the name of isaac walton isaac I know walton that guy, you know legendary oh, legendary fisher yeah his, really i his didn't even book, know that yeah, the complete angler. Oh yeah, 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 that, yeah. That's the guy. Didn't recognize the name. The yeah, book absolutely. Right, that's the guy. Now that's interesting. Rivers and their inhabitants are made for the wise to contemplate, and for fools to pass by without consideration. Yeah, I, I've been the fool sometimes. Just drive by a river, and and you don't see the life that's happening. I, I think for me it was learning all about insect hatches, and I remember. Uh, my folks lived right on the banks of the Yellowstone River in Paradise Valley. I mean, you, we could see the river from their house. It was probably, oh, maybe 200 yards away at the most. Uh, they were right up next to a fishing access. And, and I remember we'd sit out there on some, you know, some late spring, summer days, and it was just thick with caddisflies and at the time to me i was just a spinner fisherman and they were they were just disgusting and uh, just in the way you could hardly breathe yeah. but then then to realize wow you know that there's this whole life cycle that that uh, the fish just depend on them and yeah there's a lot more that goes on you know maybe under the surface of the river than it appears hey i almost uh, came up with another proverb aren't you impressed <laughs> well uh, i would just the corollary to that is it's a little more mundane, but you know, you drive by a great stream and you're looking at it, thinking, "Man, I would love to stop." And your wife goes, eh. "Yeah, you know, she, that's right." <laughs> I wouldn't call her a fool, but yeah, for fools you not to call pass Jenna by a without, fool. yeah, no, for, with consideration. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, when I see a river, a stream, I'm thinking fly fishing. Oh yeah, and nobody uh -huh. else is thinking that no. if they're golfers, for no, example. No, that's so. right. That's right. All right, here's a fifth. Uh, this is John Gierek, a, a writer, uh, written a lot of stuff on fly fishing. He says, creeps and idiots cannot conceal themselves for long on a fishing trip. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's true. You know, I, I've always said, if, if you, if you want to find out somebody's character, go fly fishing with them or play basketball with them, and, and, and you'll learn pretty soon yeah, uh, pretty you know, what they're like. Well, yeah. Do you remember when we were going to Fan Creek and we pulled up and started talking to that fly fisher? And this guy wasn't a creep. This was a good guy. But he could not stop talking about himself. I mean, we yeah. said hello mm -hmm. and That's blah, right. blah, 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 blah. I've been fishing, saw yeah. some grizzly bears. Blah, 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 blah. And like 15 yeah. minutes later, we're like, you know, we're kind of ready to get the <laughs> yeah. trail. And, That's right. And yeah. <laughs> couldn't stop talking yeah. about himself. Yeah. And then on the way in, that, that guy that just raced by us, I mean, he looked like a Marine or something. Yeah, and I, we I mean that in a positive sense. But I mean, he was focused and intense. And I, I said hi. And he kind of grunted and race passes on this like, single file trail yeah that, you know, like, whoa okay <laughs> okay and we did pass him he actually got to uh, basically i'm assuming some really good runs that he wanted to get to and you know we went past him and we ended up having a yeah. great day so yeah that's right okay and this applies to us too we're not uh, we're not just saying everybody else is a creep or the idiot i could tell you many stories about dave no, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no about myself Can too we think of a story when we were kind of idiots 
Oh, I don't know. Let's not go there. Okay. <laughs> we yeah, we've never been <laughs> yeah, idiots. That's okay. Right. That's... All right, number six. No hatch is good enough for you to risk waving a nine foot graphite rod around during a lightning storm. Oh. That's Bud Lilly. Oh, he's he's got such a dry wit, doesn't he? But he's 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 absolutely right. Oh man, um, yeah, just not safe to uh, to take a risk like that. A couple years ago, when you and I were in Yellowstone, we were fishing. I think Tower Falls, and it started to um, thunder and lightning. And I remember yeah. setting that rod a good distance away uh, from where we were fishing. We were fishing Hopper Run. Do you remember that? Yep, yep, that's right. And uh, so that's just a good principle: is uh, nothing is worth it. Yep, no, very true. All right, here's number seven. There's a fine line between fly fishing and waving your rod like an idiot. <laughs> uh, that's adapted from a proverb by Stephen Wright. Oh, man, that is, uh, that's gold, isn't it? That's pretty much, I think most of the time hmm. I'm waving my rod like an idiot. I was going to say, that would be a good title for my, uh, my story. You know, the fly fishing biography of Steve Matthewson. <laughs> waving your rod like an idiot. <laughs> I, think, no, I think the better title would be The Ultimate False Caster. Yeah. Oh, no. man. <laughs> but that's true. Sometimes uh, it's it's the uh, the casting, waving your rod that gets the attention. And you see somebody false casting 10 times where the better fly fisher you are, the, the less casting you're going to do. We were talking, I think it is one of our most recent podcasts about trying to fish downstream and you 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 get all this line out and then you make your cast so you're not making yeah. a lot of cast you're really making a single cast right yep yeah you are okay number eight accepting advice makes you no less a fisherman hmm that's good peter kaminsky is the source of that oh man i i agree there's like you said before there can be so much arrogance in the in the sport but uh Man, if, if we didn't accept advice... Oh, my. We, Where would we be? Oh, we wouldn't be. You know, we just wouldn't be. Uh, man. I remember so many fly fishing trips, uh, at least drift trips, with uh, Toby. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just his kind of very gentle, but... Gentle, Toby? Yeah. Okay, yeah, maybe yeah, not yeah. so gentle. Yeah, but we love maybe Toby. Toby's up. always very blunt. Yeah, yeah it, it, and I just like... I'm, I'm so appreciative. I never yeah. feel insecure mm -hmm. about it because... Right. Yeah, uh, I just end up being a much better fly fisher. Right, you, you're paying a guide. You're you're paying for some coaching. You're paying for some advice. And my goodness, uh, going into fly shops, I, I think there's a, and I felt this tendency. You know, we have a good day. We go in and you know, you, you want to regale them with the, your stories, right, right? Spout your wisdom. But I I've really worked hard at going into fly shops and just listening rather than trying to compete. You know, to kind of let me one up you. Well, I caught. 10 more or I you know I caught them on an even smaller fly no just you know listen keep your ears open and uh man that's what's going to make you a good fisherman yeah for sure all right here's number nine this is Patrick McManus what a tourist terms a plague of insects the fly fisher calls a great hatch <laughs> that's so true that that goes back to the story I told just a few moments ago about sitting out in my parents lawn in Paradise Valley and getting so frustrated with those uh those caddis flies, I just hated them. Well, now, uh, you know, oh, caddis flies, I, I love them. They're great because, you know, when they're uh, when they're active, boy, the, the trout go crazy. Yeah, for sure. All right, number 10. Many go fishing all their lives without knowing that it is not fish that they're after. 
Wow. Henry David Thoreau. Wow, that is that really profound. Many go fishing all their lives without knowing that it is not fish that they are after. That is profound. So what what does that mean, Dave? What? Oh my. Yeah, when you think about that. Uh, so what are what would I be after, outside of? Yeah, I mean, you want to catch a ton of fish. Yeah, so that's but, on the real base level, right? Right. I gotta catch but, fish, and I'm all for that. Yeah. But above that. There's a satisfaction, isn't there? There's a, there's a, an opportunity to experience nature at, at a deeper level. I mean, when, when I'm doing something outdoors, it's, it's different than just looking at it, but participating in it. Yeah, there's... Uh, you know, I, I think I'm after a refreshment of my own soul when I'm fly fishing. I mean, there's just something about fly fishing that re-energizes and recharges me like like nothing else. The only other thing in my life would have been uh, elk hunting, especially bow hunting for elk. It's the same kind of thing. You're, you're outdoors, and uh, I, I think that's the boy. That's the, uh, the the myth that it's just catching fish. I mean, yeah, that's a big part of it, but we're we're after something deeper than that. Last night, I was the guest lecturer at a class on entrepreneurship at Wheaton College. And so the professor wow. invited me to come in and speak. There were about 14 young men, mostly all young men. There was one woman there. And um, so they, it was a chance for me to talk about the last 17 years of my life and the ups and downs. And we got to this point, uh, this idea of the importance of work ethic yeah. and how, how I actually had to almost relearn how to work uh, bundling my time, being mm. more strategic with my time, mm-hmm. but also talking about I really work almost all the time. And somebody mm. asked the question, well, so when do you take time off? And I had to think about that. And it's not that I work 100% of the time, but I realized when I fly fish, I'm not on my cell phone. One, no. I have a, a fly rod in my hand. And most often, if we're mm-hmm. in Montana, um, a least. fish in the other. <laughs> yeah, fish in the yeah, other. Yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. But I, or I can't get a cell or something. But yeah. I, that, mm-hmm. to me, that's one thing. It, it takes me to a place where I don't have to think about the rest of my life. And it's, you know, uh, so that's definitely one thing I'm pursuing yeah. outside of, of just catching fish for sure. Boy, that's good. That's a great point. Well, those are the 10. Hey, we have time. I'm going to give us a bonus. How about oh my, that? Here's right, number 10 plus 1. Here's number 11, and this is actually my proverb. I'm very proud of this. I adapted <laughs> this from something else. Are you ready for this, Dave? Here we go. Drum roll. Why are you laughing? All right, here it is. Ta-da. Blessed is the fly fisher who has nothing to say and doesn't say it. Yeah. Are you being self-righteous here? No, it's just a, this, this is a kind way of saying, just shut up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, well. I, oh, one more thing. Yeah, I got to okay. tell you. So last week, and I need to be careful with this, but last week I my son was at a wrestling tournament, and it's oh, off. No. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, oh no. no. Exactly. It's off season right yeah. now. So it's not, uh, he's in high school, so this, the high school season's over. So there are all these tournaments and this was a Greco and freestyle tournament. Generally, in high school, you're wrestling folk style. but And so you get to know the parents at the high school. They often do off-season stuff. So it's a little bit like Fight Club. Right? Yeah, yeah. So these okay. wrestlers get together. They have big weight classes. Like Corey was in the 180 to 200. You're wrestling these men. Wow. Really. They look yeah. like men with full beards. They're two years older than you yeah. weigh 20 wow. pounds more. But anyway, we're sitting there. I'm talking to this mom, and I know her. But I sat down. And she started talking about her son, and I just, I wanted to say, 
Blessed is the wrestling mom who has nothing to say and doesn't <laughs> say it. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I was like, yeah. I just want to watch my son wrestle. Oh, that's That's funny. all I want to do. All right, that's going to do it for today. You can find Two Guys in a River pretty much everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher. And, of course, you can visit our website, twoguysinariver.com. Each week we publish one new episode, and we also publish a new article. Yes, we do. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Fly <laughs> fishing.